What is up? This is future Colby here to give a quick update and clarification. One, this episode is the first in our pop-up series. Crazy schedules have led to us having to redefine what our schedule is, as many of our fans and listeners know. Thank you all for listening and being along for this ride. Two, this episode ends slightly abruptly due to a slight technical malfunction on my end with the recording software. So I do apologize for that. And finally, sorry again for all the fan noises. We're in Texas. It is hot as fucking hell here right now. So if you do hear some fans in the background, just know that's so we don't die. Thank you and enjoy the show. As we always like to say, but you know what? I'm going to dispense with the uh, the thank yous and the apologies right here at the top and just say uh, it is good to hear your voice, man. Oh, I, uh, I agree entirely. And yeah, this one... Another case of, we're still in a pop-up shop version. We've been crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy summer, a crazy time, and we are both have good things happening, but sometimes good things happening sadly means the podcast doesn't have as much time to record. We're still recording, yeah. but it doesn't have as much time. Exactly. Um, but we really wanted to get on this one because, dude, I'm going to tell you, I didn't realize until very recently how big a fan of the Predator I actually am. I always thought of myself as an alien guy. And, you know, I love the Xenomorph. I love the alien movies. But I'm going to say something super controversial right off the bat. Um, so go ahead and get your, get your keyboards ready. Colby, get ready to scream at me. There is one bad Predator movie. I'm not... Depending on... on uh on what we're considering Predator movies, I kind of agree. Uh, Requiem. Aliens vs. Predator Requiem oh. is a legit terrible movie. See, I'm gonna... The, my one disagreement, I fucking hated the last one. So many people did. I had fun. Yeah, it's yeah. Dumb as, it's dumb as shit. I kind of enjoyed it. It's it's the least good of the non-AVP movies, that's for sure. Yeah, I will I will say, AVP Requiem and, what was it, The Predator? Was that what the it was? Predator. Those yeah. are the only two that I, like, refuse to watch. Uh, I like, uh, in fact, I would, like, I really like Predator 2 way more than it's given credit for. I, Predator 2 is a legitimately good and I'm tired of I'm tired of pretending it's not. I agree. Uh, Predators, I think, has such a unique concept in that franchise, and is uh, it's the one thing only Predators back is it's a Robert Rodriguez produced movie that fucking should have been directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. I really think had he directed it, would have had just a little bit more of that. I don't know, crazy element Spice. that it needed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, for those who can't tell where we're going with this. We both watched Prey and adored it. Yeah, it's a, it's an absolute goddamn delight. And I can totally see why people are down on some of the other Predator films. I still don't... Okay, going back to Predator 2. Predator 2 is Predator versus L.A. Cops. Yeah. That is what you want out of a Predator movie. Predator versus X. We got Predator versus Native Americans in this one. There are people pitching like Predator versus Samurai for the next one. These are all... This is... It's the basic formula of Predator, and I think Predator 2 actually did a pretty good job of, you know, committing to that formula. Also, you had Danny Glover in the role you traditionally give Mel Gibson, which I thought was hilarious. Anyway, enough about Predator 2. Well, I will say... It's fucking awesome. I can say, I think the biggest... Issue with Predator Two is it has the horrible, horrible problem of it being the second film coming after what a lot of people consider the perfect action sci-fi movie. Right, and yeah. I think it's the only thing holding it back is it had to follow Predator One. Had you had a 
had Predator has been Predator 2 and Predator 2 been the third movie or some shit like that, it would probably be renowned as a return to form and, the, and one of the best in the franchise. That's a really good point. I can I can get behind that. Um, and uh, yeah, other than you know a few incels being mad that you know Lady did something, um, I'm so happy to see that Prey is getting almost uniform praise. Oh yeah. Um, it is renewed interest in the character and or the, the character, the the concept and the franchise of the Predator. Um, it's, and it's a blast. It's such oh, a yeah. good, fun movie. Um, I'm going to uh, say I wish I could have seen it better because for some reason my internet was shit and I spent most of it watching a lot of pixels as oh. opposed to a movie. I am so angry that I did not get to see this otherwise very masterful film on a theatrical screen. Yeah, it is. Again, we've talked for there's between some contractual reasons and the last predator underperforming i the sad thing is like the predator franchise was just in this weird limbo between between weird contracts and between failing interest and praise to give it the biggest compliment has kind of done what everyone thought was impossible when this film got announced not only has it renewed interest it has brought back the uh i would say brought back resurrected the franchise. yeah yeah I mean, so what's funny is I heard the director on a recent episode of the King Cast, oh, yeah. the Stephen King podcast, and he apparently Prey and the Predator kind of got greenlit about the same time. It, it but, would make sense. Um, I'm sorry. I said it would make sense. I'm actually so Dan Trachtenberg. In a weird way, I go way back. Uh, he he was one of the first internet shows I really loved. He used to have a show called Totally Rad Show, or back uh, forever ago now. But he. Uh, was on that, and it, he was one of those ones that he kind of got big off that, and some of his you know, fan films got big and shit like that, and of course, his Chlorophyll movie, but he has been attached to so many projects that have sadly fallen through. He was the original director for the Why Last Man movie when it was being pitched that way. I remember that, yeah. He was uh, behind, I believe there was Which, an alien... holy shit, did we miss out? Yeah. Uh, there's an alien film, there's all kinds of stuff, and so, sadly, I was... Just kind of assuming that he was going to lose his Predator film, especially after the last movie. I was like, yeah, I, I followed this man's career, and I'm like, damn, he, he, he got one movie out, and people loved it, and man, he's just not getting another one. And then this came out, and I think, again, this is made by someone that you can tell loves the Predator, loves the franchise, and, and again, understands the franchise. Right, exactly. Um, and I, let, let's talk a little bit. I gotta say, um, speaking of the lead performance, uh, Amber Midthunder yeah. is spectacular. So I've seen her fan cast as both X23 and, um, uh, oh God, Danny, Danny Moonstar from, uh, New Mutants. Oh, and, yeah. But I think both of those are good. It is, on, on the one hand, and we are a comics podcast, so it's, it's, it's not, Surprising, but it's kind of like okay. So she's 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 starred in her her role. Why do we immediately have to cram her into you know a comic book franchise? But then again, comic book franchises are, are kind of where you make your nut now. So yeah. I, I absolutely would not mind seeing her as the next twenty three. I think she's got the uh, the poise and the, the the style for it for sure. Um, other also just kind of got to smile and, and and be happy that a. Uh, a full Native American cast was was brought in for this film, and I think yeah. that's it's been mentioned before. I'm not saying anything new here. It's just it's really spectacular, and those uh, performers really just fucking kill that screen. Oh, they really do. Everyone, honestly, the acting across the board is great. There's even like there are some mild CG stuff, but it, 
but even that is very, very mild, and especially for a Hulu movie, like, this is the first time I can think of a Hulu movie, and a, that actually want, it's not, will make people get Hulu, I mean, like, there's been some Hulu movies, I'm like, oh, this is a fun, this is fun, but they've always kind of been, like, the fourth banana in the streaming race when it comes to their original movies. Yeah, I'll tell you, Palm Springs is pretty great. Palm Springs is great. Yeah, Palm, I feel like Palm Springs is the only like, thing that got a lot of love. Yeah, pretty like, much. I, I can't even think there's other ones. There's, like, The Binge. I'm sure there are others. Which is a dumb, fun movie, but it's not like anything. They got a, that Blumhouse anthology stuff that was basically all the shit that Blumhouse didn't want to make into a movie and I guess had contracts or some shit because they were the worst stuff Blumhouse has ever done. Right. Uh, but this... Yeah, I feel like that shit came and went real quick. Oh, yeah. This, again, from beginning to end, it's, it's honestly, it's one of the things, I've said it before, it's one of those type of movies that we don't really get that much anymore where it's a tight, like, I don't know, like 90 to 98 minutes or something. It's not very long. It's, a, it's an hour and 39 minutes. Yeah. So it's just a, exactly. It's about where it needs to be a little over 90, maybe about 100 minutes. Yeah. It's like um, that perfect length for this action film. It also is a soft reboot of a franchise that doesn't feel like a soft reboot and still pays, again, homage to the original. There's like one big line call out from the original <laughs> that works really well because it's also it's exactly what it needs to be yeah. too yeah I, I don't want to spoil it here and i know you don't either but when you hear it you're like if they hadn't said that line right there i would actually be mad because it's such a perfect point yeah. for that line and that character to say that line also i just want to point out i this is one of those movies where i you mentioned it before some of the weird people reaching beyond reach to try to explain why for some reason this female-led uh film it makes no sense for a 110 pound woman to fight this predator even though the entire film is literally again films are all about films and stories are all about overcoming odds and the entire movie is where her learning growing watching becoming better Against a creature that's like, I'm sorry, it wasn't realistic for Schwarzenegger to try to beat a creature that can one-on-one a bear either. Right, and not just that. The whole point of both Predator and Prey is that you know this creature is so reliant on its technology, it doesn't know how to handle guerrilla tactics. Yeah. It doesn't know how it's, to handle the you know the, the slings and arrows that a Native American would bring to it. The only reason Schwarzenegger won in Predator is because he stopped trying to shoot the damn thing and started you know Kevin McAllistering the jungle. Yeah, which uh, also. I was coming up earlier when you were talking about compared to Alien. I think the reason why Predator stands out and is so... I'm also a bigger Predator fan than I'm Alien. And I think why is because at the end of the day, you've heard it time, a million times, like Alien can be equated to Jaws in space. It can be equated to a million other movies of like, okay, you are having to outlast this force of nature. You're having to out... to just somehow kill this thing that is, that is coming after you. It's just this, this animal that just wants to eat and kill. Predator is kind of unique in the sci-fi world of it's like it's hunting you not because it's hungry, not because it has to, but purely for sport. Yeah. And you don't get that that often, especially in a higher budget film that's done well and in a creature that has not only a really cool a really cool visuals, but very unique visuals that are very much of its own. Yeah. Uh, also, we didn't talk about at all the I love how they designed a Predator that reminds me so much of those old Predator comics and video games and shit where it still looks like a Predator, but is a completely unique-looking Predator. 
Yeah, yeah. It is, and that's the thing, again, um, the director, uh, I'm so, suddenly blanking on Dan oh, Trachtenberg. Oh, Dan Trachtenberg. Dan Trachtenberg, yes, thank you. Um, talked about wanting to make the Predator, because the, the only like complaint he had about the, the Schwarzenegger Predator film was that it's pretty clearly a man in a costume. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it very much conforms to a very large man, a very tall man, but very much conforms to, to man sizes. And he wanted uh, his his predator to be, you know, bulkier, larger, to fit the head better because the reason the head is so big is because that's where a lot of the uh, uh, animatronics are for, for the puppetry and the, the creature. So um, he, he definitely made it uh, his, his own predator while still absolutely being recognizable as a predator. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, the design of the predator in this one is pretty super badass. Oh, yeah. I, um, not only Because not only does it have a look and feel that matches its environment, but it is so unique to anything else we've seen in the franchise. I, I mean, I'm... I'm saying that now there might entirely be a, a comic series or a, some, one of the random novels or games or something that has something similar, but nothing that me or I'm sure a mainstream audience was expecting. Right, for sure. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this for, for goddamn sure. I will. Uh, I wasn't planning on it until having seen Prey, but I'm going to pick up the eventual uh, Predator omnibus that Marvel's putting out. Yeah. Not only because I'm a, an omnibus collector, but I now want to go back and experience those 90s Predator comics, which from what I understand, uh, Dark Horse had a pretty good track record with Predator comics in a way that the Alien comics uh, were very hit and miss. And I'll tell you, the Alien versus Predator comics were surprisingly dull. I, there's there's not a lot of action in those. We may get into this a lot more in a minute, but it's a good time to mention uh, Marvel, for once in their entire existence, actually having a comic come in at a synchronicity time that worked perfect, mm-hmm. with uh, Predator 1 hitting the shelf just a little bit after Prey, and also being Week really after. good. Really it's good. really fucking good, dude. And again, I was so crushingly disappointed that my baby, the alien, got a um, a very lackluster Marvel Comics release. Um, man, uh, Salvador Larocca was for a hot minute a very good artist, and I don't know what happened to him, but I am no longer impressed with his work. Not to mention, his work just doesn't is not a good fit for the Alien like franchise as a whole. Yeah. Uh, and the writer they got for it, who I haven't bothered to look up and don't care, uh, is just again not really. It's not an, a name you would associate with like the Alien franchise. And from what I understand, the comics are pretty dull and not very good. And I mean. Dark Horse was doing some really interesting things there at the end with their Alien miniseries. They had the Gabriel Hardman miniseries. They had the, um... Oh, God, the guy that did Godzilla in Hell. Oh! Uh, not uh, fuck! I, I like Scofie. the... Scorsese. Yeah. Steve, Steve... Stokey. James Stokey. Yes, there you go. There you go. I don't know why that's... He had a four-issue Alien miniseries. That is spectacular. So good... Uh, Dark Horse actually put out like an oversized artist edition of his oh, I love that. Alien, which I didn't pick up, but I wish I had because it's fucking gorgeous. Uh, they were doing really interesting stuff with the Aliens me, uh, franchise. They did a fucking uh, What's His Rapist. Um, Brian Wood did one. I skipped that one. But oh, yeah. for the most part, they, had to, they did some really, really solid Alien stuff. And man, Marvel did not respond in kind. But yeah, fucking Ed Brisson, who we have talked about on this podcast several times. We met the guy. He's a super decent dude. We have been waiting for 
his book that is going to knock our socks off because we knew he had it in him. Yeah. And um, Kev Walker, who I really loved on Avengers Arena, he kicked off Dr. Afro series with um, Kieran Gillen. Um, that dude is, a, is just a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, do, he does action and violence really well. And um, holy shit, the first issue of Marvel's Predator is spectacular and it's almost it's one of those books too where i'm gonna purposely not say too much about it because i think going in cold it's a way to go 100 percent, i agree uh it's really it's a it's another really good unique take on a predator story that we did not see coming and when you know what's going on you immediately go oh that's cool but if you but you can absolutely boil it down to predator versus yeah which is uh, you know that's that's the formula that's the formula you need to stick to it's predator versus when you start trying to be in yes like to to knock a movie i actually like when you actually try to bring in oh but it's a female predator and she's hunting a kid with autism because um brain reasons yeah and or you know there's a there's an alien predator hybrid and we have no idea what to do with that other than we teased it at the end of the last film um you know that's that's when the predator movie starts falling apart um even predators you can kind of hold the well it's a game preserve you can almost hold that against it but actually it's a pretty good idea yeah, i, like I can see why i can see why some people didn't connect with it but yeah predator versus that's the that's your baseline that's why again predator 2 at least it has its heart in the right place and it knows what it's trying to do, which is, you know, Predator versus, at the time, this very well-known kind of violent um, group of people, i.e. the Los Angeles Police Department. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I feel like there's a very similar thing you can apply to Alien if you want to, which is basically, Alien is, the Alien comes in and fucks up another genre. Mm. You know, yeah. Alien is the Alien in a haunted house. Yeah. Aliens is Alien in an action movie. Alien 3 is kind of the alien in a haunted house again, but they also do the whole, like, cult people, you know, worshipping on a planet, and the alien comes in and fucks up their world. Uh, somebody, I, I heard on a podcast when somebody pitched uh, what you need to do is do kind of like what they did with Army of the Dead and make a heist movie with an alien. The alien comes in and fucks up a heist movie. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, have the alien come in and fuck up a western. That is what you do with the alien. The alien needs to be the weird "what the fuck is happening here" in an otherwise known genre twist. Predator is predator versus something. Yeah. And if you can, if you, that's all you need. That's that's really the basis of these two tremendous characters. And the more we try to get away from that, and again, I say that as someone who absolutely fucking loves Prometheus, the more you get away from that, the more it's no longer the the essence of what these these franchises and these creatures are. No, it's true. Like again, I also as I love Prometheus. Prometheus is always in its own thing for me. Yes, it's technically an alien prequel, but. I, even as someone who loves it, I almost don't look at it like that at all. Like, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Which, um, it's weird. Cause I wish have, Covenant. I wish Covenant was better than yeah, it was. I was just about to say that because I was going to say which is weird because <laughs> Alien Covenant tries to be half a direct sequel to Prometheus and half a direct prequel to Alien, and neither are interesting enough to carry it. But and together, they just feel like two halves of completely different sandwiches slammed together. Yeah, so it's like you know peanut butter and. I don't know, fucking turkey. Yeah, it's an uh, old... Uh, like sandwiches on their own, but you smash them together, and you're like, this this, this combination does not gel, yeah. It's the old uh, fucking Mitch Hedberg joke about uh, ordering banana bread at a like Subway shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like sandwich. 
What kind of bread? Banana. What kind of cheese? Cottage. Get the fuck out. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's like, oh, we get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but uh, not much else. But uh, yeah, no, Prey, it's, again, the cast is great. The uh, Oddly enough about uh, going to uh, the lead again, she, shoving her in a superhero stuff, she actually had a minor character in Legion. Oh my god, I remember hearing that somewhere and then I completely blanked on it until you said that. I only ever watched the first season of Legion and I need to go back and watch season 2 and 3 because season 1 was fucking spectacular. Oh yeah, no. Oh my god, really quick, I don't think you have seen it yet so we won't go on super depth while I'm talking about newer stuff. Uh, Sandman is fucking amazing. I know. Oh man, okay. I am almost... I feel weirdly reticent to, to, to do Sandman. Not because I've... Well, actually, it's kind of because I've just I've heard it so uniformly good, and I'm almost like, if I go into it and don't like it, what does that say about me? You know, I'm almost like I'm almost scared to give it a try. Knowing, um, I will say because I was kind of similar because I, especially with Netflix, because Netflix has now ruined many of my big influences. The Cowboy Bebop show happened. I was gonna say, yeah. and that alone was enough to make me like ruin me I, for I a long Cowboy time. I know Cowboy Bebop physically hurt you. Oh, it was. It, so Cowboy Bebop, the biggest issue was, and it's the problem that Sandman does not have. Cowboy Bebop did this weird thing where it's like they were too direct adaptation in some places, but then completely changing characters' motivations and who they were in other places. So it was again like right. a weird sandwich of like, well, now how how is this character? this exact badass from the anime in this one scene, and then two seconds later, a sniveling, whiny guy that he never... What? What's... How is this... This doesn't make sense now. We can't square this circle. Yeah. yeah. Where this is like... The adaptation why it takes things that work incredible in the comic, and also what I love about it is it is so unique in the modern era of comic adaptations, because it, much like Sandman was, it's not this big fight bam, boom, pow, giant, epic superhero fight show. And it's also not this uh, deconstructionalist, let's break down what a superhero is. It is this very meditative look in the mirror about what it means to be human and what storytelling is, which is what right. Sandman is. Which is exactly what Sandman is, yeah. Oh, what was I going to... That, that, that kind of triggered... Uh, the other reason I'm a little hesitant about it is I finally... After owning it for like a year, I sat down and or sat down. I worked while I was doing it, but I listened to the first volume of the uh, Sandman audiobook adaptation with, oh, with yeah. James McAvoy and Kat Dennings and um, a fucking huge voice cast whose other names escape me. I just have a huge crush on Kat Dennings, and I remember James McAvoy. Um, and it was really, really good. It's just like I've just re-experienced the Sandman as an adaptation in a way that I really enjoyed. And it's like, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I fucked myself by, <laughs> by, by, by bringing, by putting that in my ears and putting that in my brain. And now I have two things to compare the Netflix Sandman to. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go in with my own weird biases, but I, I do. Um, Sarah and I need to, my wife and I need to give that a shot. We did just completely off track. This is completely going down a, a, a nowhere road. Um, turns out the uh, the show, have you heard of Kevin Can Fuck Himself? No. Okay, so did you ever watch Shit's Creek? I know of it. I haven't seen much of it, but I do know it. <laughs> 
okay, Schitt's Creek is amazing. Um, it is so much better than you think it is. Um, the daughter from that show, Annie Murphy, got a second, got a new show uh, on AMC called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. And the idea is basically um, like a typical 90s sitcom setup where, you know, it's very much a send, it feels like a send up of King of Queens or like that kind of oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's playing the long suffering wife. But whenever she's not hanging out with her husband, like it becomes much more like reality. Oh, shit. Like it, it, it stops being a three camera setup. Um, the laugh track goes away. The lights are different. Makeup is different. Um, and it's her, like, basically her life outside of being the long-suffering but supportive wife to a New Englander, like, jackass. And kind of the, the subtlety of, actually, he's kind of controlling and a little abusive. And why did you just laugh at me when I was obviously hurting like that? That's to, to one of the people that's like, you know, yeah, it's, it's really brilliant. Anyway, it's... Uh, they put the first episode on Amazon Prime, and then it was like you had to buy the rest of them, so I'm a cheapskate. I didn't buy them. Uh, I just saw that they're all on Amazon Prime, but they're all going away August 31st. So I was like, shit, I've got to sit down and watch the other seven episodes. And oh my god, this show is fucking amazing, dude. You So I, I need to check it out. But also, you just hit something that I have been hit by so many times here lately, and it is starting to like kill me, which is with all the streaming platforms... I feel like even two years ago, this was on issue of the amount of things that are constantly switching platforms and impossible to keep up with them. Oh, it's on Amazon. It's leaving. Oh, it's here. It's leaving. Is killing me. Yeah. I, I, so yesterday I was watching. Uh, I've been put. I put it off forever for whatever reason. We all do stuff. Uh, they uh, Amazon when uh, the new Evangelion movie came out last year. They also put up. Uh, it was originally in Japanese only, and then. They had it, it's like a documentary that they, for some reason, split into two about uh, the making of the final part of Evangelion and these in-depth interviews, and it's like I've been watching Light Magic on Disney+, Plus, so it got me, like, oh, I need to go back and watch this. I watched the first episode on, like, l- last Thursday. Go to watch today, gone. Yeah. Still on there, but it's also currently unavailable, not available anywhere else in America, in the location, so literally had to uh, had to watch another interview that they have that's going away in five days with them, and in that interview they call it its Japanese name, search it, and found it. I don't know. I'll be honest. Don't know if I illegally pirated. Don't know if I watched it for free or what. But found it a uh, found it on a random Japanese site that I think was a legal place where they posted it and it was for free and just watched it on there. Holy shit. But it was like, it was there yesterday, and then no warning, it's gone. And then, I, like, I'm just like, all, and we talked about with Prey, of like, there were some weird contract uh, contracts with uh, Warner Brothers, Fox, Disney, and all these companies yeah. being involved. And it's like, oh, this is getting too, too ridiculous and weird on, and it's like, uh, there's been a ton of rumors that are possible at D23 that one of the big rumors going around, they might unveil a Hulk streaming show and that might be how they get around the universal has a movie rights, which Mm -hmm. is still like a bizarre thing all around like oh yeah that's that's a thing still so uh, we're gonna have to talk about it because we're gonna have to talk about it but i definitely wonder because didn't universal also own namor i thought 
So, but no, no, maybe Fox. But also, I mean, since he is going to, it's, it's technically a Black Panther film, so maybe that's how they're getting around it. It's just like by making oh, yeah. him the antagonist of Black Panther, maybe that's how, because, you know, the Hulk can show up in Avengers films, he just can't be in his own movie. That's true. Yeah, that could be. Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about the Wakanda Forever we trailer. We need to talk about that. Can I put a pin in this for just a second? Yeah, no problem. Hit, hit, hit pause. Yeah, no problem. I saw- no problem at all? Yeah, no, uh, man. Yeah, no, uh. Streaming, I know. Sorry, I got distracted by streaming right stuff too. It, no, it, no, and that's that's totally fair because yeah, I've I've lost track of how many times I've been like, you know, and this is such a minor thing because of course I knew it should be on Paramount Plus, but I was kind of doing a DS9 rewatch because it was still on Netflix, so I was watching it on Netflix, and then, well, fuck me, I guess I'm picking it up on uh, Paramount Plus because it's gone. Yeah. Uh, I I never know where like fucking How I Met Your Mother or Community are because they bounce back and forth between Hulu and. Uh, Netflix so many goddamn times I can't even keep up yeah no and it's like uh, now with Peacock on there too it's like they have so many of the sitcoms <clears throat> that I, who, I wouldn't be shocked there well like Peacock's starting to get some random movies too like Peacock got Northman and Black Phone that, yeah that is so fucking weird to me did you see Black Phone? I literally started it earlier today just uh, I haven't finished it yet but I was watching it uh, on it's great yeah that's heard that's why I, was like, I saw it on Peacock I was like oh shit I've been meaning to uh, watch this and here it is yes wonderful okay sorry to interrupt I was just like I had to put, I had to put it in my two cents and say that it's uh, it's pretty fucking spectacular no no you're fine but yeah no I've had I, I keep it's funny because I keep running into this problem with so many random shows and stuff I put off where it's like whether it be anime whether it be live action stuff I it just continually has become a problem that I am so annoyed with that I've literally today I've had it happen like three times of a show that like there was some old anime that I was going to watch and I was like oh I own the first couple episodes on Xbox video let me let me go see if maybe I'll just buy a season oh no longer available to buy on there is it on Amazon no not even popping up on Amazon oh is it on Crunchyroll no it used to it was a month ago but now it's not there currently and I'm like, oh, cool, it's just in this weird limbo, and I'm like, I used to buy everything uh, physically, and I hate spending that money, and I also, as much as I love a good library, and I love having stuff physically, and I love for yeah. these moments being like that, I also don't like going back to, oh, I'm going to buy 40 bucks, I'm going to spend 40 bucks, just in case I want everyone to watch this random, obscure thing again, and it's not anywhere, but also, it's fucking annoying when you want to watch that random, obscure thing, and now it's nowhere again. <laughs> See, I, I feel incredibly lucky and blessed uh, that one, uh, I do own my house. Uh, that is something I was uh, that was an investment that uh, my wife and I made that has been uh, honestly already paid you know dividends vis-a-vis uh, you know home security and yeah. that my my wife is also completely fine for the most part with my um, spending on physical product because I do absolutely have a library both a, both a movie library and a, a library library um, but what is weird is like I've been meaning to do a news radio rewatch forever and I have the complete series on DVD uh, but now that it's on Amazon Prime I will I, that much yeah that boosts my, my chances of actually doing the rewatch because as much as I do love having the physical media I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, have, that having it digitally isn't convenient because oh, yeah. it 100% is what? Especially on shows, because then it's like, especially on shows that are on DVD and stuff, because half of those, it's like, oh, I have the 13-disc set, let me dig through, find, you know, let me slowly watch it or find out, especially if you're looking for a specific episode, it's like, oh, let me see around where a disc seven goes. Right. Uh, Yeah, that part, I'm, uh, 
I go back and forth on because on one hand I've done because now I have become the person where I, I start streaming like music where music's become a thing where you know I used to buy everything and now it's like oh I stream most things but if it's a favorite thing I'll at least I'll probably buy the vinyl and now I'm doing that with movies where it's like oh, okay if it's something I adore and love like everything ever all at once or the Batman or things like that or like Evangelion going back to that just had a Blu-ray disc set and I'm like okay it's on Netflix and they own the streaming rights, but uh, I'll be fucked if uh, I lose that again. So. Well, I'll tell you, um, when I finally sat down to watch Curse of Chucky, which was released on Netflix, it wasn't on Netflix. Yeah. It's on fucking Tubi. I think, actually, it's not on Tubi anymore, but it was uh, when I when I finally got to it. Um, Tubi? But yeah, it's like... Tubi's Wild West. I don't know how to... I don't <laughs> understand how Tubi operates, because sometimes they have... Sometimes their library, I mean, their library to this day is filled with so many amazing gems and so many amazing yeah. things. It is, it is fucking nuts how many, like, legit-ass horror movies are on there. Yeah. It is fucking nuts that I get to watch Transformers and G.I. Joe whenever I fucking want. Yeah. It's goddamn weird, man. It is bizarre because they have a lot of the really old anime I like and some also just obscure movies. But they're also, like, the ultimate gamble because they are the worst about... Okay, it's here like for a week and then it's just gone forever. Yeah. And it's like this weird limbo land of I don't know how they do it, but you can clearly tell a lot of the bigger movies, it's like when they're in between big contracts, they somehow weasel in there and get it for like however long they can. Right. So you'll have like but, but it's 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 just like watching it on, you know, you know, the Saturday afternoon special or whatever it was when I was a kid, because you're watching it and it's like, oh fucking commercial up out of nowhere at a very key point. But also I am paying zero dollars to watch yeah. this. I finally got to watch Stephen King Sometimes They Come Back, which as honestly a better than you'd think it'd be nineteen nineties Stephen King adaptation movie. Uh, the DVD is like twenty bucks. The Blu-ray is astronomical because I think it had a very, very limited Blu-ray release. Yeah, uh, I watched it for fucking free on Tubi, and it's really good. Yeah, it's they like, have holy a, shit. That's like uh, the guy who made Akira, one of the anthology anime movies, is uh, Memories, which is an incredible, amazing anthology. It was on Prime forever. Disappeared. It's been on Tubi since then, uh, but it's another case like that where, like, the DVD's hundreds of dollars and was only printed, like, one time. They never made a Blu-ray. And it's just one of those scenarios, like, okay, I hope it's on here for a while because when it's gone off here, unless it goes back to Prime or somewhere, I, who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that is the, the sad world. Like, as much as I, looking back on it, as much as Netflix had a total monopoly for a while back in the day... Uh, there is a huge part that I'll always miss those days, like the 2013 to 2016, of, or even early 2011 to 2016, of like, oh, Netflix just has everything you can think of to stream pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, if it, and if it's not on Netflix, then it is not available to stream. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, it's okay. It, you'll find it, or, or you can rent it off uh, from Netflix or disc side. Right, exactly, yeah. Uh, uh, you know... It, 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 yes, yes, monopolies suck uh, in in actuality, but and it's sometimes nice just to be like this. This is this is what I am getting, and this is where I get all of what I need. We've basically gone back to paying for cable. Oh, you know, we really, we we really have. Like once, if you if I include crushing disappointment. 
yeah, if I include everything I like, every streaming platform I pay for now, it's like it's definitely a cable package. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think we honestly have like seven or eight streaming platforms, and that doesn't include um, the what twenty bucks a month I spend on Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite. Yeah, I'm similar where it's like I have that, and then I ha- on top of that have Sling for actual cable because of wrestling, and it's like. Like okay, yeah. You include once you include that in there, it 100 is just like oh, I have like a mid to high end uh, cable package. Like that's yep, cool. I like that they have you know you still have the either picking your own schedule and picking what you want to watch, but you don't no no longer is it oh you have to download a separate app to figure out what is where. Yeah. That's, I have, a, I have the, the Just Watch app, and that really does help me find out you know if I want to watch something. Which one of my mini streaming services uh, it might be available on? Oh, man, and even that, the sad thing is, things change so fast. I even ran, uh, me and my brother were arguing, not arguing, but we ran into the problem. We were both looking for a movie, and on, uh, I can't remember if it was that or one of the other, Decider or something else, but it's like, same thing. I was like, oh, it's on here. I was like, well, I guess it was as of when they put this up, but it no longer is. Yeah, yeah, I've had that happen a couple of times. It's a, yeah, that's like, a huge bummer. Uh, speaking of the Batman, um, Due to some very fortuitous circumstances today, I finally got a 4K of the Batman, and I picked up a copy of the Northman oh, nice. uh, for on Blu-ray for less than 15 bucks. Fuck yeah! Uh, they they came in used at uh, my other job, and I was super duper excited because I have been trying to wait patiently to buy the Batman because I do this thing where I wait for Black Friday and see what the uh, the movie sales are. But if I can get it cheaper before Black Friday, I absolutely will. And uh, yeah, it was. The uh, we also got a Blu-ray in, um, and I don't have a 4K player, but I will buy something on 4K if it has a Blu-ray, and it's something I know I'm going to want to watch in 4K when I eventually get a 4K player. So yeah. uh, the Batman definitely qualified for that. Well, so and the Batman has a ton of great special features on it. Yeah, that's what you you were saying that. And then also the other thing is, since my TV is 4K, even though I don't have a 4K player, uh, the digital copy. Uh, the digital play will play on my Voodoo on my television in 4K. So that's okay. that's pretty cool. Hell yeah! No, I've been uh, I've been watching. It's, it's funny. I've been watching a bunch of uh, like making. Like I mentioned, the Evangelion stuff, and then uh, yeah, Light and Magic. I've been uh, devouring. That's might be my favorite thing Disney Plus has made. Nice. It is. It, it's, I'll have to check it out. It's insane because you get to see like it's the only place you'll ever get the as of right now. You can legally see uh, any of the original unaltered Star Wars footage. Oh fuck! Okay, that's yeah. pretty fucking badass. Yeah, um, it's... I just picked up the Monster Collection because it's something I've been meaning to get for a while. Uh, it has the Frankenstein Complex documentary, oh, and then nice. also uh, Phil Tippett, Mad Dreams and Monsters. So it's a two doc, two Blu-ray documentary set of the history of special effects, and oh, um, that's yeah, it's. It's, it's fantastic. I haven't watched the Phil Tippett one yet, but I have watched the Frankenstein Complex, and it is gorgeous and amazing and a little heartbreaking because they do talk about um, how digital effects have changed and affected the um, the practical effects industry and how, like, Phil Tippett and others had to pivot to mm-hmm. um, visual effects or, you know, digital effects to basically stay relevant. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's – it is still not the, the thing that I want the most more than anything, which honestly, my like dream project would be like a three to five hour quote unquote documentary, which is basically just 
all the test footage of all the monsters from all the horror movies. <laughs> like, cause I, I saw like a, a little two minute clip on, um, Facebook one time of just like an unpainted, uh, pumpkin head, um, puppet being, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the wire attached to the tail and the, pu- the puppeteer inside doing the hands and the head and doing all the, they were testing the mouth and stuff. And I was just like, I could literally watch five hours of just shit like this. You, and you 100% should watch light magic then. Cause it's like, not, okay. only, not only do you get like, I did a shit ton of Phil Tippett interviews in it, but, uh, yeah, you get a ton of the new George Lucas interviews and a ton of uh, like all the early uh, all the early ILM ILM stuff. So it's like yeah. they have all the test footage and like them making the canvases for Star for Star Wars and making like all the test models for uh, all the stuff they did in between Star uh, the Star Wars films. They have uh, like again how digital effect them uh yeah it's very 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 interesting also on that same note have you seen phil tippett's newest or like i think new Matt movie God. yeah but his like passion Dude, project i got to see it in the theater i'll they be honest put it in Al- alamo draft house one night only film club that's so i don't know so i watched it i love parts of it 100 <laughs> do- so this is the best compliment and honestly i can say about it it 100% feels like what a crazy bipolar man made in his basement for 30 years. 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there are parts of it where I'm watching it and it's like, you know, I, I, I don't know why I was expecting more, but it really does all come down to sex and death, doesn't it? Mm. It's just, you know, those, those, are, those are the two human, like, we can never get away from sex and death. The, the ultimate expressions of art are sex and death that's all that's all we've got and you know like, like yeah i am i'm almost a little disappointed but also the um the sheer scope oh yeah of what is on display is um it was, it was pretty special and i do have a an a theory about the uh, the ending so i uh, i need to rewatch it i because uh i can, i'll be honest i watched it with the uh, when the day it came out on shutter and I, again, I really, I enjoyed it, but I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I wasn't, and again, I love abstract and weird movies. I was not prepared for how abstract and yeah, yeah. and uh, kind of just out there it was. Exceptionally abstract, yeah. Because especially like it's kind of, it's not, I won't say straightforward, but it's like, you know, someone who's seen it, you've seen it. It's like once you yeah. get to like the three-fourths, of the way through and it really changes it's like oh okay, i'm not sure what this is anymore right and that's not a bad thing i do enjoy it and i like that i want to rewatch it but yeah it uh one of the by far one of the most original films i've seen in forever the the, the best thing i can say about it and i do mean I, again like you said i do mean this as a compliment i don't know if it's a film so much as an experience yeah no i i agree well because i was going to say Seeing it theatrically is really cool. It almost is one of those movies where I'm like, I watching a pitch dark room. Uh, I'll be honest. If the pick your poison, if you're drunk, high, or whatever, it might be the way to experience it. It's curled up, uh, hidden under a blanket, <laughs> off your tits on something watching. It. Yeah. It definitely feels like, yeah, substances can only enhance that movie. But, uh, yeah, no, seeing it in the theater is, was incredible because it was – my wife 
doesn't really like watching movies in the dark unless we're in a theater. Yeah. So there would have there would have been ah. some kind of light, light source on in this house that I think would have definitely affected the experience. Um, the temptation to get up and take a piss or have to deal with one of our many, many, many animals or, <laughs> you know, all the, all the different distractions that can happen watching a, a movie at home. It took us three hours to watch Prey, as, yeah. as just a for instance. Um, would have detracted from it. And just, you know, having, again, that experience literally overwhelm you on, like, you know, a, a 20 foot by 30 foot or however big a fucking movie screen is. You know, just over you, pressing upon you, yeah. the soundtrack surrounding you in a, in a dark room. Um, it, it definitely aided my experience, that's for sure. I will say, a movie like Mad God, any of those, like, event, you kind of have to know about it to go see it, that's, I will say, they always do aid it, because, like, I, I'm very excited, next Thursday, the new, uh, the new Dragon Ball movie's playing in yeah, theaters, yeah. and I, of course I'm going to that, and, uh, it's like, those kind of experiences, it, it definitely aids it, because you don't really have the people there who are there by accident, or are there because they just need something to do. Yeah. So you uh, cut. Like I've said before, one of my best and worst experiences in the movie theater was uh, seeing witch in theaters because, like, oh, I got to see the witch in theaters, but also literally getting like booed and people being like, "What the?" Like audibly going, "What the fuck was that shit?" Was like, "Yeah, okay, that's." uh, Yeah, I actually feel really lucky that I watched uh, the witch on my own at home while Sarah was out of town because. That was one of the first times I ever turned on uh, subtitles, and I, yeah. now I actually watch I, I watch movies and TV with subtitles on because it really does help. I'm getting older, but I legit ass could not hear or understand a word anyone was saying in that movie, yeah. um, and the subtitles really did help. Uh, yeah, I felt like I felt that way about Ad Astra, uh, oh, yeah. which I got to see in the theater, which is beautiful. It's a wonderful meditation on parental abuse that very clearly. People who have not suffered that don't seem to pick up on because, um, yeah, I literally came out of it and I, 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 uh, I, I came out of the bathroom. I cannot remember what perked up this conversation, but somebody, somebody from the the same movie I went to you know, that, that was in Ad Astra, can she asked what I thought about her, so whatever. I told her I loved it. And she was like, "Why?" And I was like, "Well, because it's like a really powerful meditation on child abuse." Or, you know, an abusive parent. She's like, oh, yeah, sure. If you think about it. Yes, you think about the movie that you just watched. You you, you process it. That is the, uh, (laughs) yeah, that's the ultimate downfall of the, we told, we, again, we called this forever ago of the movie experience going more and more just for blockbusters. Is because that has become like theater has become synonymous with the blockbuster instead of just movies in general. You do tend to have a lot of the movie-going audience that nowadays, like, if it's a film that even slightly strays from a straightforward narrative or straightforward meaning, it's, like, going 28 miles over people's heads. Yeah. Which is, I don't know how I feel about, because it's like, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but I also don't know how I feel about people who completely did not sign up for an experience they thought they were. It's like the old thing of like the person that tried to sue drive because he, uh, they thought based on the trailer, it was going to be fast and the furious. Well, the trailers are also horrifically misleading. Oh yeah. Oh no, it's true. And I mean, but that's another problem of having trailer houses just cut together shit. You got like, Oh, this looks good. 
right. put it together. That's uh, one thing I learned that in the going back to light magic. Like one of the crazy things is uh, that Star Wars is uh, like at seven a.m. the morning that was premiering that night was like still being uh, worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it uh, and also not to go back that too much, but uh, I do love how self-aware George Lucas really is, and like talking and like how open he is talking about everything about the foundation of ILM how he how he is as a director he's just right like multiple times he goes like yeah I'm not multiple times throughout the film uh, throughout every episode like I'm not a good writer I don't consider myself a good writer and, but then I'm also like how the fuck did you write three prequels in yeah there's a lot of ego in the in that oh, yeah. element of it because he yeah and, and the thing is he used to I think that's a tangent I'm not going to go oh, yeah. on. We, we talked about a trailer. We need to talk about the Black Panther trailer. Yes, yes. With that, I forgot. We, we, we circumnavigate all that. We got to talk yes. about So, uh, I am so... Con- I'm conflicted in a weird way. Because I'll say it's, it's an amazing trailer. It's a great trailer. It's an amazing trailer. It is a... I, I get tears in my eyes when I watch it. Yeah, it is an incredible trailer. It really is. And I think... I won't say for sure, because there's still a lot of unknowns. I think we are going to get... A really good movie. I still am kind of conflicted on the aspect of. I, I, again, we'll have to. Again, we. I don't want to take too much judgment on the movie and too much judgment on what we have not seen. I still. I think it'll be great. I still think, in the end, how they're handling this entire situation is going to sadly limit the future characters a ton. Mm-hmm. But I think we're gonna get a good movie out. I hope of it. I'm very curious about a lot of Namor choices, to be honest. Like, uh, well, from what I understand, they're actually tying it in uh, much deeper to the um, the um, Tenochtitlan Klan stuff from Eternals. Like, apparently, the Eternals uh, element is going to be a lot bigger for Namor's backstory. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. That's, I don't know if I like that because. Because they're 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 trying to get away from the idea of it just being Atlantis. Because with, we've already had Aquaman, and now Marvel is for one of the few times in their life having to play just you know a touch of catch up. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I I don't know. I turn like Eternals. I say I I you know Shang Chi. After watching it, I turn around. I try Eternals. Still haven't got past the thirty minute mark on Eternals. Uh, it, it, I'm really glad you enjoyed Shang Chi. I was telling, I was telling you, you were missing out. Yeah, no, I really, I really enjoyed Shang Chi. I think, and I'm, I think that'll be fun to see where all that goes. Oh, we didn't, we can briefly mention it. I could, so at this point, I'm kind of surprised Marvel did it again with the giant timeline they released of everything coming out. Uh, yeah, there's cool shit, but it feels so weird. Especially in the modern era, I'm surprised they did this. It feels weird to see so many stuff that's like. There's so many chances of things getting delayed, getting canceled, getting moved. Uh, I'm excited for Daredevil, but I do feel like announcing a what like 30 episode Daredevil series does kind of take away from the importance of him being in She-Hulk and Echo a little bit. Right. Like that kind of the shock of oh my god, Daredevil is back. And I know he was in a trailer, but it is kind of lessens it. Was like oh well, we're gonna get a ton more Daredevil. <laughs> like. I was, I was, like, I'm not going to lie, it, I'm it still... Did, I, I want to say it felt a little bit like a clapback to DC News that wasn't even announced yet, like, um, and we're we're not going to get into the Batgirl stuff, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's... We kind of talked about it off mic, it's just not something that, uh... There's too much, like, we talked, yeah, like you were just saying, we talked off mic, there's too much unknown, there's too much that 
we will just be speculating on top of speculation, on top of speculation, on top of stuff that we. Again, yeah, a long time ago on a, on the podcast before this one, the uh, the 1.0 version. Yeah. Uh, we kind of made an on air promise to ourselves and to each other to, you know, we are we are not a. Um, a speculation podcast. We are not a gossip podcast. And that feels too much like getting into there's just not there's just not enough we know about oh, yeah. the situation to to well, say anything about sadly, it. Sadly, I think it's one of those things where it's like I think unless you're in that movie, help make that movie, help make decisions behind it, have seen it, there's not really a ton that we can go off of. Like it's Right. Well, again, it's not it's not coming out anymore, and that kind of sucks. I will say, Booster Gold. One thing that kind of sucks with all this being uh, overshadowed is that it looks like Booster Gold is a, was already being moved to theaters, but it does look like it may got a budget increase for reshoots. Oh, okay. So that's that's some decent news on that side. That's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm a I am excited about that. That's the only sad. I will say the sad thing about Batgirl being such encompassing news. Is there is some good news that uh, happened around the same time that kind of got overshadowed. I yeah. one thing we didn't we can talk about a little bit. Of, I am curious what the CW network becomes now. Yeah, especially because Flash ends with season nine. Um, Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow were canceled. And okay, so I did learn something about that, um, and I was really bummed. Legends of Tomorrow was canceled. I'm actually a big fan. Apparently, what it was more than anything was the contract was running out on the shooting space that both Bat- Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow shot on, oh. and um, DC decided not to renew the shooting contract. So, and? yeah, it was, it was entirely a a behind you know behind the scenes how the money works uh, yeah. shooting decision it had nothing to do with the quality or viewership of the show so uh, also Riverdale ending at season 7 oh is that oh shit I hadn't heard that yeah I'm sad but also uh, season 6 just hit Netflix and I've been watching it and it is as always ridiculous in the best way and I love it so much and yeah, I feel like I still feel like they'll be going out on top if they go out with season 7 so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll allow it well I will say I think what people also need to remember with CW is if we're seeing anything with The Flash I would much rather all these shows go out on a high note than kind of get to where Flash has gone yeah oh man the um I, uh, the most recent episode of Fl- or season of Flash has also hit Netflix, and I've watched like three episodes, and I'm I'm struggling, man. I'm trying so hard, yeah, but yeah, that show that show should have ended a season before Arrow did. It, yeah, no, I uh, I'm not even a big fan, and don't agree. But my brother, another giant fan, exact same boat, was the biggest fan in the world for a long time. Had a cardboard cutout of that Flash he got from when he worked at a news station for a long time. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, man, that uh. That, uh, that's like, I will, we, we also won't speculate or go in too much where I will say all the people right now who are constantly going like, well, they just need to do the new Flash movie. They need to replace everything like how they're doing the Flash TV show. You haven't watched a TV show in a long time. Long time. Long time. That's not- I, I, I will be generous according to a lot of fans. Five se- the first five seasons, I will say, are, are excellent. Really good. Um. Hell, I will I will give Flash all the way up through Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it was starting to get shaky, but I'll let it have it. But everything they've done post Crisis, um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. But uh, going back around to the background to everything we're talking about, uh, yeah, I, the Marvel timeline is interesting because I 
I'm, I know D23 will probably get more stuff outside of the obvious Double Avengers movie, which I also, even though it's a cool announcement, is another one where, like, man, I feel like that would have been more impactful and cooler had we got that closer to when they were happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like there's stuff there. I, I don't know how I feel about us phases instead of being this, like, long phases or now apparently, like, a year, basically. <laughs> and I guess, I mean, you have enough... Well, we've been in Phase 4 since Black Widow. Yeah, but Phase 5 and 6 were both fully announced, and they're, like, only, like, a year to year and a half. Okay, I didn't realize. I didn't yeah, realize they have been broken up like that. Yeah, the timeline goes from 2022 to 2024 or 5, and that's Phase 4, 5, and 6. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, which, I guess with the shows, you do have, like we talked about before, you have so much fucking content that yeah hey um speaking of sorry to interrupt yeah have you did you watch miss marvel have you finished miss marvel i haven't finished it. i watched so it's one of those things where i enjoyed it i'm uh like two or three episodes in it mm-hmm. didn't hook me big but i like it and i'm like that finest audience let me let me put it this way this because this is i feel like this is a weird dichotomy but this is 100 percent how i feel miss marvel had one of the worst season finales i've ever seen Oh. Ms. Marvel is my favorite Marvel TV show. No, yeah, that... Uh... Everything leading up to the final episode was spectacular. Um, I thought the final episode missed a lot of its targets, but it still held on mostly by the charm of the actors. Um, and the, the main girl playing uh, Kamala Khan is, of course, you know, just absolutely terrific and wonderful and such a sweet kid. Um and I, I wish her nothing but the best. So, yeah, Ms. Marvel, uh, I, even though I dislike the ending, um, I would highly, highly recommend it to anybody who's on the fence about watching it. Man, I will say, that is that is one department where uh, we don't, people don't talk enough about the fact that, well, I guess people do, but, man, the Disney Plus shows, overall, none of them, is that saying enough, none of them have been, like, outright awful. Uh, Moon Knight was bad. Uh, yeah. Moon Knight was bad top to bottom. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to everybody out there who loves it. One of my best friends is a huge, huge, it's her favorite show. She loved it, every bit of it. And I couldn't fucking, by the end of it, I was hate watching it. Yeah. I, I, I binged the last three episodes uh, in a wonder to be fucking done with it. Yeah, I'm just, out like, it does, it's so weird because like, I feel like so many other things kind of find it for like, Prime has found their shows and like the boys and a few others a- apple plus is finding their shows uh hbo max i mean for fuck's sake i still go by peacemaker there's no reason that should have been as goddamn good as it was right like, doom patrol, doom man, patrol. They, better, they better get their last fucking season before they get canceled because apparently season four is wrapped yeah it's uh, it's done filming and it's good although in fairness to doom patrol I, I would love, if it is the final season, I almost wonder if it's by choice because they are running out of stuff to tell because without spoiling too much, season four is definitely dealing with uh, a lot of the Gerard Way run. Okay. I, um, I'm i not familiar with it. I, honestly, I hate to say this, I love Doom Patrol. I have not finished season three because the Dada stuff is just, mm. it's not translating yeah. well from comic to screen, I'll say that. Also, uh, Harley Quinn, continu- the animated series, continues to be any of season three oh, I, I, keep, I keep forgetting it's it's there but yeah i've seasons one and two are spectacular the eat bang kill uh cart uh comic book that they put out yeah. uh, kind of a bridge was fucking wonderful in every way yeah no it's fucking i still uh, our flag means death is 
my favorite show of the year still. Uh, Reservation Dogs just re- uh, re- re-upped. I still yeah. need to watch the new three episodes of that. There's too much good television. Yeah, there. Uh, there. Oh yeah, did you not watch to cut you off. Season three. I was gonna say they're all like they're all fucking amazing. The one thing that and. The sad thing is, Disney Plus has a good show. Like, again, stuff like Light and Magic, I think, is where they excel. Because, again, they have the rights to this footage, again, seeing unaltered, a ton of unaltered Star Wars scenes uh, yeah. from the original is, like, insane and incredible. And it kills me because, like, every Disney Plus show on the Star Wars and Marvel side starts, a, it's like a roller coaster where I start off really hyped. And the first, like, three episodes, I'm like, oh my god. They're fucking doing it. They're amazing. It's great. And at some point, it just hits like a nosedive. See, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think any of them have nosedived uh, me. I, I, so for me personally, I stand by, I love the first half of WandaVision. The, for me, and I know a lot of people loved it entirely, but for me, the moment it kind of became a more just normal Marvel show, killed it for me. I... Mar- uh, WandaVision is my second favorite. Captain, my second favorite. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, that's fair. Uh, Winter Soldier, Buck, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, that fell off hard to me. I feel like... I don't think that ever got off the ground for me. Mm, that, okay, that that could be fair. That's totally fair. Uh, Hawkeye, I couldn't get past the first like episode or two, to be honest. I I love Jeremy Renner. He's... Yeah. He, 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 I... I have a, an appreciation for him as an actor that I don't think a lot of people do, and uh, I'm okay with that. He, he, I just I enjoy his uh, handsome schlubbiness, okay. and um, I'm also I'm also a really huge fan of, and I hate to say I can't remember her name. Some of, I just said I'm a huge fan, but uh, Kate Bishop. Oh yeah, uh, that actress. Yeah, Haley Seinfeld. And uh, she was even, wonderful in Bumblebee. That's true. That's very true. Uh, even like uh, like Obi Wan, I liked it overall but it also had like just a lot of weird stuff in the middle of looking back it's like yeah you don't really need this i thought obi-wan was great but yeah there's one or two points and it's just like that's that's a terrible decision and i don't feel like x character would make that decision it feels very plot contrived Obi- and i'm not talking about the ending i'm, I'm yeah, perfectly yeah. fine i'm actually perfectly fine with obi-wan leaving anakin for dead because you know darth vader killed anakin yeah uh, and assume and assuming that this dying man on this empty remote planet is going to you know die um and that not and that of course not happening but uh that that's not what I'm talking about. The, oh. the the moment I'm specifically talking about is the uh, the first order chick uh, deciding on a wide screaming attack against Darth Vader as opposed to sneaking up behind him and just activating your lightsaber in his back or something. Yeah, that was a that's a very odd one. And, and honestly, a lot of her stuff, even like her going back to hunt Luke and all that, was mm-hmm. kind of weird. Because now, and it's also weird now because. To me, you now you do risk the problem of like Luke being like nothing interesting ever happened to me except for that one time someone just started trying to kill me uh, for right. no reason. That was kind of weird when I was like ten, I guess. But instead of that, nothing interesting ever happened to me. I was initially kind of put out that uh, Princess Leia was uh, ended up being a character, but one the actress who played ten year old Leia was channeling Carrie Fisher. She was uh, just an absolute doll. And two, they did enough with it yeah. that I feel like it, it did good character development without, um, you know, 
put it, you know, spoiling any of, any of the stuff that uh, would eventually happen in the rest of the series. So yeah, I thought I actually thought uh, Obi Wan was overall pretty solid. It's not again. I don't think any of them are bad. And again, Obi Wan, I enjoyed watching overall. Like I liked it, and you get arguably the coolest uh, fight scene in Star Wars in it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Which is again, which is really cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the Andor show, like the trailer looked really cool. But it's another one with like it's a character that do I like I, I, what I don't care about. But it could be a fun show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like I keep waiting for this. Like I feel like I'm gonna say I'm so happy with the the more recent She-Hulk trailers. Yeah, the She-Hulk trailers. The, the third great. wall break. Yeah, or the fourth wall break. I, I cheered. The CG is uh, uh, oh my god! It's such it's so clearly obvious now that they had unfinished CG when they put that first trailer together. And thank God for it. You know? Yeah, it'll be like I'm liking it. I'm curious. I'm curious by it. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a really fun show and a really good show. If they stick to what the trailers look like and it's just Ally McBeal with She Hulk, it'll be fun. Yeah. No matter what. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I keep waiting, and maybe She-Hulk will be it. I have faith for She-Hulk, because uh, Miss Marvel, again, what I, I, I think the biggest compliment I give Miss Marvel, even though it wasn't necessarily for me, is it didn't feel like any of the other shows. It felt like its own thing, and it had its own identity. It didn't just feel like, oh, well, we have the, here's a typical Marvel hero story with character A experiencing PTSD from this thing, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, no, this is a fun little Miss Marvel story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that, exactly yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know if I I'm not tending in a weird place. I hate this, but my uh, phone and recording is about full here, and I think that's <laughs> not a horrible place to go uh, to end it on right now. No, for sure. Um, I just want to say real quick, uh, Axe, uh, Avengers, X Men, Eternals crossover. Um, it's pretty good so far. I'm enjoying oh, yeah. it even more than I thought I would, uh, mostly because Karen Gillan is spectacular. Uh, but that's that, that's it. Uh, do we have enough time to do an outro, or do you just want to go ahead and call it here? I said let's call it because my thing's about to die. <laughs> okay. Thank you all so much for listening. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>